0: This is an audio only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. The playlists for all the seasons of the show can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. I'm going to give Edbert a common knowledge role to see. This is just a straight up smarts role. I think his smarts is D6. Oh no, Edbert Smarts is only D4. I guess you can't have the brain and the brains, ha ha ha! Well hello and welcome back once again to me, myself, and I. This is episode 14. 14? Yes, I think it's 14 already. Oh my god. Uh, I am, as always, your intrepid Game Master, player, and host, Trevor DeValle. Thanks so much for tuning in. And as always, if you like what you see here today, please do hit like and subscribe and share the video in all of the various places because the word getting out is good for the show. When last we left, Simon of Augustan and Edbert, the haunted mercenary and their newfound friend, enemy turned friend, uh, Arn, Arn Kalapunki. They had just got back to the temple where the evil intelligence of the temple had possessed Sherilyn. Arn was able to read the scroll first and bring down the barrier, which was super cool. However, Edbert, freaking out, told Simon to shoot Sherilyn because she wasn't herself, and she was not she was possessed at the moment. Uh, So Simon did, shot her with the magic crossbow stone bolt, and ended her. Now, luckily, she recovered. But I do think that at that moment, Edbert clocked the fact that that crossbow actually damaged Sherilyn. So that could uh, could come into play later on. Now, during this whole situation, uh, Sherilyn had basically caused fear in Arn, and his hair went totally white, and he now has a phobia. Originally, it was gonna be a phobia against ghosts, but that's stupid. Everybody has a phobia against ghosts, and if you don't, you're crazy. I thought it would be fun to have A phobia against something a little more mundane that way because what what it means in savage worlds is that if you have a phobia a major phobia which this is you have a minus four to basically everything you do so you're like paralyzed with fright i think it'd be interesting if arne's phobia actually wasn't wasn't about ghosts but was in fact about long-haired Human women. That is what Sherilyn sort of looked like to him anytime he has seen her, and he has seen her a couple of times, so I think his major phobia, anytime he's around long-haired human women, he's gonna he's gonna be irrationally afraid of them, which I think is great. Anyway, so they went inside, they discovered a crypt, and in the crypt they found evidence that Simon's father had been there and had escaped the crypt and was probably not very far away, maybe a couple of days or a week ahead of them out in the wilderness somewhere, possibly wounded, possibly injured, but he had fought his way out, they surmised, because Simon had found his father's broken sword there. So, Simon tried to convince Sherilyn to release Edbert because he knew he needed Edbert and Arne to go after his father, but Sherilyn wouldn't do it. Sherilyn was hell-bent on destroying the evil of this temple once and for all, and Simon knew he couldn't Go on without his uh, his allies. That is where we are now. So before we move on to things, couple of little things. Once again, our party has leveled up! Yay! Simon, he has taken marksman marksman means that if he does not move he can shoot as though he aimed which gives him a plus two now remember he's using this crossbow and he tends to fire every round which incurs a multi-action penalty of minus two so now as long as he doesn't move if he just stands there and fires he will basically attack uh, no penalty and or or no bonus ed took the block edge which basically increases his parry by one. and finally arn again arn is a fully fledged wild card stat up character right now he basically increased some skills he increased uh investigate and climb Anyway, the point is they are back in the temple and they're on their way to find this inner sanctum where they know the leader of this temple, again, whoever this thing is, we don't know anything about this, person yet, but the leader of this temple has fled back to its inner sanctum to bolster its defenses. What do we know about the inner sanctum and this evil intelligence so far? We know a couple things. One, it's not a lich. It's not a lich. We know that for sure. It's not a lich. The other thing we know is that this thing was using some sort of oracular device to scry upon the outside area. I think that's that. I think we're ready to dive back into the temple. So once again, we go to our handy dandy, perilous wild supplemental. They have explored a bunch of it, but there's still a number of areas that they can still go. So they go out of the crypt, back up the stairs towards the main temple area itself, which was the entranceway. Their boots clicking on the old decaying flagstones of the floor every now and then crunching on the remains of bone as those skeletons had had risen up and and attacked them when Simon first got in here, if you recall, all those episodes ago. So they move through the temple and they move down the western corridor. What do they find? I'm gonna roll on the GM miscellany dungeon dressing to see what uh, sort of room this is. 20, oh my God. Well, this is appropriate and grim they go down the corridor and the scent of rotten decay is overwhelming right now because as they walk inside or as rather as they get to the entrance of the room i think what they find is the room is circular maybe like 40 feet across there's no other exits from the room but the whole room uh, the door comes out in the middle of the wall. And as they look down, they can see the entire floor of the room is a big bowl. And they're basically, the, the door enters at the lip of the bowl. And they, you know, Simon leading the way, kind of, whoa! He almost, you know, loses his footing a bit, but he's grabbed by, you know, Edward behind him. And inside, this, the reason why it is reeking of rotten decay is because this is a charnel house. This is a charnel house. This is the place where all of those sacrifices that the priests would make to their god of death, or whoever the hell they're worshipping here. This is the place where the bodies and the remains would be tossed to rot in a strange sort of, you know, hideous offering up to the god of death. So, because it's been a long time since this temple was in use, there's not like fresh bodies here, or is there? So let's find out. Let's just call it, I'll say it's, it's unlikely. Oh, and Archaeus factor as well. What are we on here? Seven. All right, so I'm gonna say it's unlikely that there's fresh bodies in there. 94, there's not. Oh, 94 is an extreme no, actually. To to my mind, extreme no means there's no remains whatsoever. Ah, yeah, there should be the remains of all kinds of skeletons and bones and everything down here, but there isn't. There's nothing but old bloodstains and like bits of gear, bits of evidence that there were living beings or you know, the corpses of, of beings thrown into this pit. Now the question is, does Simon or, or anybody here, do they ascertain that the, the function of this room and then be able to ascertain, wait a minute, if this is where they threw the bodies, where are the bodies? Simon wouldn't have any knowledge of this. Edbert, well, Edbert did know about the runes on the altar when they first came in, so it's possible. I'm gonna give Edbert a common knowledge roll to see. This is just a straight up smarts roll. I think his smarts is D6. Oh no, Edbert's smarts is only D4. I guess you can't have the brain and the brains, ha ha ha. All right, does he know anything about this? Five, he actually does. So he pulls, he, you know, he puts a hand on, on Simon's shoulder and, and he says, um, this is where they would have thrown the remains of the victims, the sacrificial victims, but there's nothing here. Well, what do you suppose that means? I don't know for certain, but since them skeletons in the first temple rose up against you when you first came in, it is possible that they might be lying and wait somewhere else. In fact, it is possible that the reason why with this extreme no, that there are no skeletal remains is because, as I said, the leader of the temple was bolstering his defenses. I think he summoned up the remains of those skeletons and had them come to him in the inner sanctum. So we know that when they get to the inner sanctum, not only Well, they have to deal with the evil intelligence, but the remains of those victims who are now animated skeletons. Mm -mm -mm. There's no other exits from this room, obviously. So they double back and they make their way north where they then take the Eastern Passage out of the the kitchens as far as they know, this is the only unexplored area left to them. What do they find as they go down the Eastern Passage? Ooh, it's a themed area. Discovery and danger. So they come to an intersection. So there is a passageway going to the right, the left, and uh, ahead of them as well. It is a themed area, which means that again, the sense of rot and decay is all pervasive here. Not to get too much in the weeds about how the Perilous Wilds dungeon exploration works, but basically, I've, you can only roll so many themed areas before the dungeon is fully explored. So I've just rolled the last themed area, but what that means is there are no more themed areas and in this system, once you explore all the themed areas, the dungeon is fully explored, but we know it's not because we know there's an inner sanctum, which means necessarily the inner sanctum is hidden secret door, secret passageway, who knows magically who could say, but the inner is hidden, which again, kind of makes sense. Why would it be obvious to anybody who just blunders into the temple? So we'll deal with that in a second, but what do they find in this intersection? First of all, what is the discovery? Well, the discovery is a find, and it is trinket. So we are going to go to Random Tables 2, this book right here by Matt Davids. Again, the uh, link is down in the notes below. There are four tables for uh, dungeon rooms to see what's sort of in it. How many trinkets are there? What kind of things are there in there? Four! All right, well, let's go one on each table. Why not? The first trinket they find is a 30, which is an adventurer's notebook. The next thing they find, an orc fang. (laughs) Okay, why not? 1d12 copper pieces. Oh my goodness. What a huge find. A tiny silver dragon statue. Interesting. For me, the the most interesting thing here is this adventurer's notebook, but we're going to come back to that because we need to know what the danger is. Four, it is a trap. An element trap. What kind of element is it? A water trap. Is it another pressure plate? We know that this particular uh, architect has an affinity for pressure plates because there was a pressure plate in the kitchen. I'm gonna say 50-50 because 50 I don't know. Uh, 37, it is, yet again, another pressure plate. So, do our guys see it? I think the pressure plate's in the middle of the room because it's a intersection like that. Which means that as you go into the room, if someone steps on a flagstone on the center of the uh, intersection, the walls seal off, the ceiling opens, and water from some river somewhere begins to pour into the room. Does Simon notice it? Here's what I'm gonna do. Simon is gonna be, search, they know there's traps here. So, you know, their, their eyes are open for it, but because Simon is first, we'll give a little marching order here. Edward is second and Arne is bringing up the rear like this. Okay? So as they go in, Simon's gonna get a notice roll. His notice is only a D4, but luckily he has his wild eye, and does he see it? Exploding six, seven. So not with the raise, but he does succeed. So as they're walking in, he immediately puts his hand up. Edward, do you see in the center of the room that discolored stone. We shall be very careful to avoid that. We already know this place is laden with traps. Well, not laden with traps, but you would think that. They carefully step around it and a trap successfully avoided. But there's stuff. Is this stuff in a chest? I don't think so. It's all kind of weirdly random. An adventurer's notebook, an orc fang, six copper scattered around, a tiny silver dra- dragon statue. I think it's just kind of like refuse in the room. Here's a thing. The Adventurer's Notebook. Is it in good condition? Mm, I'm gonna say that's very unlikely it's in good, good condition. 77 is a doubles at our chaos factor of 7. So we have a random event. But the answer is no. It is not in good condition. As Simon picks up this Adventurer's Notebook, he can see that it's written in common. And he very carefully starts to leaf through the pages, but some of the pages begin to fall out because it's, it's, you know, water. Ah, of course it's waterlogged because there was a water trap in here. And maybe that's that's what happened to the owner of the book. So yeah, it's kind of waterlogged. A lot of the writing is kind of smudged and stuff like this. But as he's looking at this, we have a random event. Let's look at the event focus. 46, move away from a thread. Gonna roll a d5, three. The minor miracle. okay, this this is a thing that came up in character creation that we uh, we know nothing about. So a move away from a thread. This random event will make it harder to solve an open thread. Event meaning, fifty six Usurp elements. Right away, I think of the water trap. Usurp elements. Move away from a threat. It has something to do with the water. It has something to do with the water. Way, way, way back in character generation, we discovered that Simon had witnessed a minor miracle, and this was from the Xanathar's Guide to Everything book, but we didn't know the details of the miracle. What was the nature of the minor miracle? 56. Usurp. (laughs) Twice in a row. 19. New ideas. We've already determined many times in this world that the gods have actual power. Priests can summon their power and do all kinds of uh, kooky things. I think that in Simon's small village outside the city of Chiton, there was a, a madman that came into town. And the madman was spouting all kinds of things. He was spouting new ideas, if you will. And the new ideas he was spouting was that there are in fact no gods. What he was spouting was the powers that priests use and manifest are in fact nothing more than arcane powers channeled in a slightly different way. And that in fact, all of the clergy of all of the religions of the world were all deluded. Because when in fact they thought they were intoning the will of their gods and when they were performing their rituals to enact the power of their gods, what they were in fact doing is unbeknownst to them, merely drawing upon the same magical weave that arcane users use. So, in fact, this man, madman, madman, or is he on to something, hmm? as he was in the village square, I think what happened was, the power of the gods manifested and silenced him. Simon sat there to listen, because this actually intrigued him. He was thinking, what if this guy, what if this guy's right? Well, what if in fact he's onto something? He was talking directly to Simon. At that moment, the gods struck somehow. So how did the gods strike him down? I want to kind of connect it back to this, this thing that just happened with the usurp of elements with the water. I think maybe, because we're moving away from this thread, a little bit of world building right smack dab in the middle of our adventure to get to the Intersectum. Okay, yeah, so he knew about Hundatora to the south, and he knew that they worshipped this water god. They, he knew that Morgus was a widely worshipped god along the coasts of this world. So he was preaching against Morgus. He was saying, the priests of Morgus just draw upon arcane power, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. And at that moment, he kind of stopped and he was looking to Simon and he started to choke as water began to bubble out of his mouth and he And Simon went up to him and tried to help him But the man suddenly started to drown right in front of Simon and there was nothing he could do when the man died He drowned! Water! water. (laughs) Seawater! immediately bubbling up from a- and so that was the nature of the miracle that Simon saw Simon directly witnessed the power of Morgus blot out this this heretic. So now here in the temple of Thurzan, many years later, to move away from that thread, I think would reinstigate the idea that in fact, maybe this guy was right. Maybe the priests are all delusional. Maybe there are no gods. Much against the evidence that Simon himself saw. And it is the adventurer's notebook. In that notebook, which is very hard to read, he, he looks and he can see Wait a minute, he recognizes some of these passages because he remembers these were the same things that that guy who died all those years ago who drowned in town square. That's what this guy was saying. Is it his notebook? Is it somebody else's? We don't know. And I'm not gonna roll for it right now because it's not that important, but (laughs) it is something for the future. So he's found a notebook that would seem to support the notion that maybe this crazy guy who was saying that the gods don't really exist Maybe other people also were believing that. So in, in light of that, we do have to move away from the thread. I think Simon, pious guy that he is, slams the book shut and throws it in the corner. Arn says, what was that all about? Is it of any use to us? No, it is of no use at all. The ramblings of a madman, we should move on. Arn kind of looks at Edbert. Edbert looks at Arn. they kind of roll their eyes, and undeterred, they continue down a passage. Which passage do they take? I think they're gonna take the northern passage. Now remember, we know that the inner sanctum is hidden. So as they go down each passageway, the north one, the east one, or the south one, because they came from the west, it ends in a wall, just ends in a wall. And they're like, what? So they explore the north, ends in a wall, they come back, they explore the east, ends in a wall, they come back, they explore the south, ends in a wall. Well, obviously we missed something. Is it possible that there was a secret passage? We do not know. Well, we already know that there was a secret passage in the crypt that leads out. Perhaps we should take the way out. Out is good, I like out. Out, can we go out? There must be another way to the inner sanctum. We've gotta search. Perhaps there was something in the main temple area that we missed. They go back to the main temple area, and if you recall, there was that altar at the very end with the strange glowing runes in it. The runes are no longer glowing because the spell has been enacted and disrupted. But Simon wants to check to see if, in fact, T- that, that altar moves if there's any kind of way to move it because perhaps he suspects there is a secret passage down there. So does he find anything with his search roll, with his notice roll? He will succeed. Now the question is, is there anything to find? Okay, vector seven. 24, yes, the answer is yes, Simon has found it. They go, they search the main area for maybe a good 15 minutes until Simon goes to the altar and he sees it and he says, Edward, come over here, help me with this come over and they sure enough are able to kind of slide the altar aside and there they can see the stone stairway going down into blackness. They light a torch and they begin to make their way down. This will lead to the inner sanctum because that's the only place left they have to explore and they know that the evil intelligence is awaiting them there. But we know nothing about this evil intelligence. We don't know what it wants, we don't know what it is, we know nothing. We are going to find out about that when they get there. No, not next time. This time, we're not going to leave it on that cliffhanger. Are you out of your mind? So before we actually get to the inner sanctum, what I want to know is a couple of details. For example, what is this thing? What is this evil intelligence that's the leader of the temple? We know it's not a lich. I keep saying that's not a lich. So, is it something unique? It's got some weird powers already. We, I'm gonna say it's likely that this thing is unique. Because, hmm, it just feels like it would be. And 74, yes, it is a unique creature. Let's find out this thing's name, okay? We're gonna go to our old dungeon dressing guide here. Zir. Oh, I like that. Zirator. that's cool. What is it? We know it has the power to project itself sort of ethereally, spiritually through this scrying device in the temple. Well, what is its physical manifestation? Is it the remains of the necromancer himself? So this is the temple. We've never actually did figure this out, you know. This is the temple of Thurzan. Is Thurzan the god? I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say, yeah. Thurzan's the god. So Zirator is the necromantic leader of this temple. Zirator, not a lich. But I think Xerator was the necromancer that had been given unlife, a sort of horrific unlife. Does he have a physical body? I'm gonna call it 50-50. Does he have a physical body? Zero-four, he absolutely does. That's an extreme yes. I think that body is extremely well-preserved. In fact, if you looked at him, he looks absolutely normal. Because he's very much tied to his body, I think that he's vulnerable. I have this image of him being like, tied to a crypt or something where his physical body is not, is not something like he doesn't get up and move around. I think that his power is entirely magical. What sort of magic powers does he have? We'll we'll randomly determine what he has as we go to keep it totally up in the air because I don't know and I don't really want to know until Simon knows. Before we get to the crypt, there is one other question I have and this has always sort of been on my mind. Why was Zerator interested in Simon's parents? Why did he Abduct Simon's parents? Why did he turn Simon's mother into a mummy? Why was he trying to transform Simon's father? Were Simon's parents somehow special? Did Zirator, did he somehow sense their special nature and realize he could harness that nature for his own nefarious purposes? 50 50. Were Simon's parents in possession of any kind of special trait that was of interest to Zirator? Yes! Okay, this is interesting. I'm gonna add that as a thread right now. Simon's parents were special. Discover why Zirator was interested in them. That's another thread. Our team descends down the stairs. The smell of rot and decay, very, very, very prevalent as it is through most places of this temple. When they get down to the temple, what they see is a large steel door. You can't really see the See, look, I painted that. <laughs> yeah, I used my paint jobs and I painted the doll. They are in front of this door and I think beyond the door they can hear some sort of sound, like the sound of, uh, not chanting, but I think they hear the sound of something pulsating. And I think that that's coming from this uh, oracular device. They open the door. There is a large temple area with steps rising up past this thing, which we'll get to in a second. There is a crypt. At the back, there's all kinds of stuff. There's like shelves with books and crates and barrels and a couple of other sarcophagi over here. There's like a like a, a pedestal, almost like a little altar kind of thing that the, of the type that they've seen a million times in this place before. Right there in the center, uh, and there's a couple of skeletons standing there beside this thing. This thing. This thing is pulsating with sort of a black gold light. This thing is the oracular device that uh, Zirator was using to uh, channel his powers to be able to spy and to see what's going on on the outside of the uh, the temple. So when they open the door, they see this room. And this is the crypt where Zirator's body is, but it's sort of, it looks like it's open just because that's what the miniature is but in fact it's it's sealed and i think that in order to get to his body not only they're going to have to get to the skeleton so not only they're going to have to get past whatever powers he has they're going to have to actually break into that crypt to do damage to his body itself right away we're going to have to go to initiative first one is simon and he is quick boom he's on 8 his allies are going to be on jack which is good and the enemies are going to be on Queen, so the enemies go first. Let's deal with the skeletons. I think that there was an undead call to arms from Zirator in the sarcophagus in the crypt. He's a wild card too, of course. Of course he's a wild card, he's a big bad. The skeletons are going to turn. Okay, well they're all going to run and they're all gonna run the same amount. They're gonna run, ooh, they're gonna run 13. Edward has first strike, so he's going to hit the skeleton as it comes in. We're gonna remember that in a second. Guy's gonna go after Edward as well. And that one is not gonna run. That one's just gonna move his pace of seven, you know, skeleton, the the bones clattering, as it draws an arrow and fires. So before we do anything else though, Edbert is going to do his first strike and he's going to roll, come on. Oh look at that! He rolls an eight, which is an exploder. He's gonna roll ten, which is a hit with a raise. Bow! And he's going to roll. Oh my God! 13 of his 21 damage completely destroys that skeleton immediately. Bang! And Brick smashes the skeleton as it comes running up to him. The other one will get a chance to hit him. This one will get a chance to hit him, and this one will also fire. This one's going to fire at Simon. Simon's the obvious target, so it fires. Got to hit a roll four or more. Ooh, it's gonna explode. And it's going to roll 9, which is a hit with a raise. 3d6 against Simon's toughness. This is bad. Of uh, 6, it has no AP, so it is, does not get through his armor. 6 and a 9 versus his toughness of 6 is going to shake Simon. Okay, that could have been a lot worse. Oh, as the arrow comes, flies in. At the same time as this, as this spear man, man the spear skeleton comes in to attack Simon at the exact same moment, but he will miss. Okay, meanwhile, over here, Zirator, Zirator. He's going to cast an armor spell on his crypt. That's the first thing he's gonna do. First of all, does he have the armor spell? I don't know, I don't know. I think it's probably likely. 85% chance, yes he does. Okay, so he's going to roll to see if that goes off. So his casting, his arcane skill is d12. So he is powerful. Half the part, so he's rolling a minus one. So he, with armor, He's going to roll a four minus one is three. It does not go off. So I guess he was so consumed with commanding the skeletons he does not get the armor off. Okay, but he does have the armor spell. We'll come back to him next round. It is our allies, which of course is Arn right here. Arn has his longbow out. He pulls it and he fires. He's going to shoot with a D10. He has also been leveling up. He is a wild card. Does he hit? He explodes with a six. He rolls an eight. That is a hit with the raise. And against this skeleton, oh yeah, I think it's fair to say that he completely. Destroys that skeleton. Immediately it falls into pieces. That was Arn. Edbert is now, he's used his first strike, but he is going to attack normally. He fights at a D8. D8 with his wild car uh, wild die of D6 is going to be He will miss, unfortunately, and the ghost! Sherilyn can't use fear against fellow undead, but she can use her powers. I think that because Simon agreed to sort of go with her, she is now gonna sort of return the favor and put an armor on him. So she is gonna roll her Arcane. Skill, she's also a d12, but she is not a wild die. Does it go off is at minus one. Five minus one is four, so Simon now has an extra two points of armor, so his toughness is now actually eight. Simon, he has got to do a spirit roll to see if he can break his shake Two d6. He's got to get four or more, and he does not. He's got to get out of this. Spend his first Benny of the game to roll five. He will, but it's going to take his whole round, and that is the end of that round. We're going to go to a new round. Simon is on 10. Allies are on two. Baddies on Jack, oh my god, terrible. This skeleton is going to shoot at Simon again. This thing is going to attack Edbert. The, th- the skeleton shoots at Simon and he will hit Simon with 2d6 damage against Simon's now magical armored toughness of eight. He's going to, oh god, 10, <laughs> 14 against eight. Eight, ooh, you know what? That's bad, that's really bad. Eight's gonna shake him. 12's gonna cause him a wound. Simon's gonna have to spend a Benny to try and soak this wound. Soak is a vigor roll. Come on, Simon. He will succeed, which means that he succeeded once. So the, he's not wounded, but he is still shaken. Oh. If the character soaks all of the wounds from an attack, he removes his shaken condition too. So he's not shaken because he's spent his Benny, which actually makes sense. He spent a valuable resource like that. He gets hit, but it does not wound him because he made the Benny check. Over here, Skeleton Edinburgh is gonna completely miss. That brings us to Zirator. Zirator is gonna try that armor spell again. Okay, so he is a wild card. He's looking for four more. He will get a 10. That's a success with a raise, which means that this thing now has four points of armor. Basically, there's this horrible necromantic that that envelops this sarcophagus over here as the armor spell is now in play. So that's what he did on his round. It is now Simon's turn. Simon was not shaken because he uh, succeeded at his silk roll. So he's gonna fire at him. He's already loaded, he hasn't moved, which means he's gonna be firing at plus two because of his new marksman edge. His shooting is d8 plus a d6 wild die. And what do we have? Oh my god, a critical failure! A critical failure! So the critical failure is basically I'm gonna rule that something there's something awful is the skeleton gets a free attack on him as he opens himself up to vulnerability. So the skeleton turns and will miss. Which brings us to a new round, Simon. Simon is quick, five or less. Five or less. Simon is five or less. Simon's on ten. Allies are on four, bad guys are on nine. Simon, again, is gonna load and fire, because multi-action penalty, but his marksman means he fires normally. D8 and a D6 at this skeleton right here. He will hit normally with his stone bolt, so it's gonna do two D6 plus one magical damage against that, ooh, seven, eight, plus uh, nine versus their toughness of seven is going to shake that uh, um, skeleton <laughs> just like that. That was him, we go down to the bad guys. Uh, this guy is going to do his spirit roll to see if he can get up, probably not, no. So he's really shaken by that magical crossbow bolt. Meanwhile, this guy over here is going to continue to attack Edbert. Wham, he's unable to break Edbert's defenses. That was the enemies over here, we still have Zir-Tor in the coffin, Zir-Tor is going to do something cute. Cool. He's running out of allies here quickly. I think he's going to, yeah. He's, now Zir-Tor is going to try the puppet spell. He is going to do that at a minus one because he's already maintaining his armor spell. So, uh, highest is the seven. Seven minus one is a success with a six. However, she gets an opposed spirit roll. Oh, she doesn't beat six. You know what? Oh. Boy, does she spend a Benny? Yeah, we're gonna spend an NPC Benny for her. She's gonna re roll that. Five! Oh, so she still gets taken over. Oh my god. Sherilyn is once again dominated by Zir Tor, the leader of this necromantic temple. In order to make her actually do something, it's gonna be his action to do that, okay? So his action this round was to cast that spell. He can't do anything else because that's his action. So that's the end for him, which brings us down to the allies. Let's deal with Edbert here. Edbert swings his blade and he's gonna roll a six. He's gonna explode with six with an eight against Perry uh, seven. I'm sorry, Perry five, that's a normal hit. So he's gonna roll his damage. That's toughness of seven, uh, eight. So he will shake the skeleton, bang. Arn is going to shoot that skeleton at pretty much the exact same time. As I said, he's sort of leveled up. And he will hit with the four, but just a regular hit. So he's rolling 2d6 damage against that skeleton's toughness of seven, 10, uh, 15 versus seven. That's enough to destroy the skeleton. Arne and Edbert, and Sherilyn can still go, but she's possessed. They don't know that she's possessed at this point. So I think that Arne is gonna move his pace of six. One, two, three, four, five, six and I think Edbert's gonna move his base. One, two, three, four, and that's where he's gonna end up, actually, right there. Sherilyn does not move, but I think that Edbert is probably so, you know, he's he's in combat mode right now, I don't think he notices right away. He will notice next round if she doesn't do anything sort of weird like that, but Sherilyn does not go with him. Okay, that was our allies, which means now we go to a new round, Simon. Simon is on seven, allies are on king, and Batty's on two, so allies go first. Well, first of all, Edbert here is gonna put this skeleton down, he rolls, His attack, which is going to be a five, which it's parry is five, so it's a regular hit. He rolls 2d8 damage against this thing. It is already shaken. Oh yeah, 14, that's gonna explode with it. He destroys it, completely Smash. The skeletons are all destroyed, made short work of. How odd. This is almost too easy, hmm. Arn, I think is going to, so he sees this glow around the thing, around the sarcophagus. He knows that can't be good. He's sort of stunned by this thrumming golden obelisk in front of him. He's kind of like, uh, I'm not entirely sure what to do here. He's gonna go up to investigate. Edbert has smashed that dude, and now he's gonna move his six. One, two, three, four, five, six as well, and get to this obelisk. And I think they're both kind of like moving along, looking at this obelisk, not exactly sure what's going on. Simon moves his eight. Because <laughs> he's fast, he's got fleet footed. He moves one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and basically gets up there. Who has the best chance of understanding that there's something magical and terrible going on in the sarcophagus? I think, again, it is Edbert. I'm going to give him common knowledge. His smarts is not very good, though. Common knowledge. Is he, does he recognize this necromantic power like he's been recognizing necromantic power stuff for this whole adventure? Uh, he does not. So he looks at that, but he's, the reason why he doesn't notice it is because at this moment, he realizes Sherilyn has not moved, and he's, he turns back. Sherilyn, where are you? Where are you? In this moment, he's apart from Sherilyn. This gives him just a, just a moment of clarity, free from her constant, constant spiritual barrage by being in proximity to him. And in this moment of clarity, he thinks back to that moment where Simon shot Sherilyn with the crossbow. Simon's come up, Simon's looking around. There's something going on with that sarcophagus. We should move to investigate. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Edward carefully looking at that crossbow, knowing in this moment that that crossbow could be used against Sherilyn again and free him. Remember, he is here to exercise his ghost and he saw Simon pretty much destroy that ghost, at least momentarily. Meanwhile, the baddies, there's only one baddie left because all the skeletons have been dispatched in here. I think he uses his action on Sherilyn and she appears with a screech, screeching and howling, and again her face revealing itself in this hideous skull. They must all make fear checks at minus two. So Simon first, a spirit roll at minus two. Two, Simon fails. Edbert at minus two, six. And 5 is 11 minus 2 is a success with a raise. He's perfectly fine. Edward also had Brave plus 2 on fear check, so he wildly succeeds that. Arn's not going to have to roll again. He's jaded from this. He's already seen it. So he's freaked out, but he doesn't actually have to make the fear test. He's just. Ah, ah, ah. But Simon did fail, which means Simon is going to roll on the fright table at plus 2 because that's the fear level of uh, Sherilyn. 9 plus 2 is 11. Panic. He runs. Ah! Immediately, right to the very back wall. He's also shaken from that. He runs to the wall, clawing at the wall. (gasps) I've got to get out of here! She's, I've got to get out of here! We go back to a new round now. Simon, Simon is on nine, allies on eight, baddies on seven. So Simon is first. He's going to do a spirit roll to see if he can break out of the shaken, and he's going to roll a five. So he does, but it takes his whole round. They know that they can't attack Sherilyn because they have no magic weapon. She is still ethereal. There's nothing they can do against her. She is a ghost. They know the only chance they have is Simon's weapon. Edbert gonna run up to Simon. He is going to try and grab the crossbow from Simon. It's gonna be an opposed fighting roll. Just quick sort of spot call on this. Edbert is going to roll his fighting of D8 and he is going to get four versus Simon's fighting. I think he's still at D6. Four versus five, so Edward grabs the crossbow, but Simon kind of looks at him. What are you doing? What are you doing, Edward? And Edward's like, we need to kill her for real this time. Meanwhile, the glow from the sarcophagus, the true enemy, is still, is still glowing there. Arn sees it. He knows he can't attack her. He moves up behind the sarcophagus. Now they can see the sarcophagus is glowing with this horrible black glow, like the glow of the armor spell. And I think at this moment, it's a very good chance that Arn, I'm going to give him a smart roll, does Arn figure out that maybe the source of all of this is actually in here? mm <laughs> hmm Aren't smart is D6. Does he figure that out? Oh yes he does with a success. He goes up beside his allies there. He sees the glowing sarcophagus. He turns to Simon and he says, I believe that the enemy we are searching for is in this coffin. We must get it open. And he goes to push it off. Now, it has four points of armor. So as they try and push the sarcophagus, or as he tries to push the sarcophagus lid off, He's gonna be minus four to his strength roll, and his strength is only a d6, but he is a wild die. Six, nine, minus four is five, which is a success. It takes his whole round, but he pushes it off and it shatters into a thousand, well, into four pieces, to tell you the truth, bang, revealing in front of him this perfectly, he's not even mummified, he's, a guy. He's sitting there, arms crossed and reposed, typical kind of, you know, like mummy kind of, you know, position. But at that moment, it's his turn to act. His eyes open and there's this black light emanating from it. He utters a word and there's this miasma of blackness, almost like, uh, or, or like swirling skulls that magically appear and begin to batter the entire group over here because they're all within close proximity right there. Uh, 37, so yes, he does have this spell. He's gonna make this a really bad blast, but it's gonna mean it's gonna be four points, which is minus two, so he's minus three to this roll because he's also maintaining the puppet spell on Sherilyn. And he's a wild card. Does he blast the area? Five minus three is two. So it deviates basically against the wall and it explodes against the wall. So all of these like swirling magical skulls howling around them, but the spell misses. So it blasts against the wall. They kind of explode into this ethereal black mist. So mains, we go back to a new round. Simon, Simon's on eight. Allies on six. Batty's on queen. Okay, well that didn't work. So he's uh, he knows he's in trouble here, old Zirator. He drops the puppet power on Sherilyn but goes to take over Edbert, because Edbert immediately is the most physically menacing threat. So he's just a straight roll. Does it work? Double ones, he's a wild card. That is a critical failure as he tries to cast his puppet power on Edbert. So something bad happens to him. The failed attempt of the blast spell, as well as his current failed attempt to possess Edbert, causes this obelisk to basically start to thrum out of control. He's no longer able to channel his powers through this obelisk here, which basically shakes him for one round. He is in bad, bad shape, it brings to Simon. Simon sees him now. Here's the thing, as soon as Zerator drops the spell on Sherilyn, I think her features go back to normal. Does Simon notice that? D4, he's probably gonna do it anyway, because it's like, uh... Here we go, does he notice the difference? He does notice the difference, Simon, it's a regular success. He sees that Sherilyn is no longer a threat. He shouts to Edward, Sherilyn's back to normal! And Edward at this moment kind of like, ah, because Edward was hoping that maybe he could grab that crossbow and actually use it to shoot Sherilyn with a good excuse that she's, you know, been possessed, but no, it's not going to happen. Simon grabs his crossbow, loads it, he doesn't move, but he pops it up and Gah! fires at this prone creature right in front of him pretty hard to miss. He's rolling his D8 shooting, and he gets an 8! And an 8! 16! Well, that's obviously a hit with a raise, so he is going to hit with Stonebolt. Does this thing have any further magical protections on it? I'd call it somewhat likely, actually. Somewhat likely, 68 is a yes. There is further magical protections. We're going to say that as long as this thing is in the sarcophagus, it has an inherent armor bonus. So his toughness is going to be Seven, so Simon blasts him with Stoneboat the crossbow. And gets eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 versus seven. Oh, that is a wound. This thing has taken a wound from Simon's crossbow. Edward sees his chance. He pulls a sword and he slashes at This thing, whose parry is only two, and he gets an exploding eight and an eight. He's definitely going to hit with the raise. He rolls 2d8 plus a d6. It does have magical armor. So toughness seven. We're going to roll a five of 13 plus five is 18 versus seven is seven is another wound. Eight, nine, ten, eleven is another wound. That is three wounds. 12, 13, 14, 15 versus that is incapacitated edward grabs the sword and drives it through the necromancer's heart bursting it as he does black ichor pours explodes out of his heart there is a roar of power as necromantic energy emanates from his body filters into the obelisk blasts up through the ceiling and explodes up into the night going back to The bosom of Thurzan, the god of death, the necromancer has been slain! Sherilyn! She comes up to the obelisk and she begins to cast a spell. What spell is it? I don't even know what the name of it is. It's basically destroy the complex spell because that is what she is here to do. That's what she spent her life dedicated to. So she begins to cast this spell and the whole place begins to rumble and shake and begin to come down. Our guys immediately see this. Simon sees this. Run! And they hightail it out as Sherilyn continues the spell. And a few minutes later, they, um, they come blasting through the front doors just as there's a tremendous roar as the entire masonry of the temple collapses in on itself. There is a massive billowing of dust and masonry, powder and stones, as the temple collapses completely, ending the threat of the Temple of Thurzan. That thread is done. Find the inner sanctum and destroy the leader. That was definitely done. Before we get to the final moments of this scene, Edbert, pulls Simon aside. The entire reason why I came with you was to find a method in that temple to exorcise this ghost from me. I found it, Simon. Don't you see? I found the way I can get rid of Sherilyn for good. It's that thing. It's your weapon. We can use Stonebolt to get rid of her once and for all. He clutches his head, because of course, Sherilyn hears him, and screams ethereally. Once again, he collapses on the ground, clutching his head, ah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, ah, I, I, I won't, I won't, I promise, I'll never do it, I promise. Simon sees this, obviously. Arn sees this, Arne with his newly white hair. <laughs> I think this could be a problem for us. Edward already tried to grab your crossbow from you. I believe he will try again. Edward's writhing on the ground, clutching his head. Yes, Arn. I fear you may be right. We will have to keep our eyes on Edward and ensure that he does not do anything stupid. Now, let's get some rest, and as soon as daylight comes, we go to find my father. And that brings us to the end of the scene and the end of this episode. Thank you so much for watching, and don't forget to hit like and subscribe and tune in next time for the further adventures of Simon of Augustan and his many strange friends here on me myself and die